That's what we've done. We forgot about the Father and we're Jesus focused. We forgot about the Father and we're Holy Spirit focused. But every time Jesus spoke in his ministry, he was revealing the Father's heart. And that's what I want you to see. So when you read the scriptures, you understand the person that's talking in the gospels is your brother and he's showing you his father. I told you, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because he had to get us, he had to give us what he wanted us to look like. And so in this chapter, the first parable that he deals with is the parable of the sheep. And he says, who having lost one sheep, having a hundred sheep, have lost one, will leave the 99 to go get the one. Now, he said once you, he has retrieved the sheep, he would throw it over his shoulder. And when he got back home, he would call all his friends up to throw a party to rejoice at the fact that he found something that he lost. Then he goes into about a woman who has 10 coins. She has 10 coins. She loses one. He don't say she should be grateful for the nine. He's unveiling the father's heart. He says that she swept, searched, cleaned up, found a coin. Once she found a coin, she called all her friends and said, come rejoice with me because what I lost, I have now found. And in both of those scenarios, he gave a description of how heaven seen that. He said that he the whole army of angels in heaven rejoices when one person repents. Now, we're not talking about the repentance of you crying to God, forgive me for my sins. I just don't know why. I no, we're not talking about that. OK, we're talking about you returning your heart to his household. Jesus said, repent before the kingdom of God is at hand. He wasn't tell you, telling us to repent, be sorrowful that you are born in sin because, and now there is a kingdom. No, he was saying repent so you can live in the kingdom. Turn your heart from being a slave. Turn your heart from being an orphan. Turn your heart from being in the family of Adam to this family. Because you forget, and we forget often that when we moved into the kingdom, we moved into the seat that was at his right hand with Christ. We like to think that we moved into the seat that just made us slaves. He told us where we were seated. Why did he tell us that? Because this is where he wanted us to live from. This is where he wanted us to pray from. This is where he wanted us to give from. This is where he wanted us to think from. This is where he wanted us to battle from. Satan knows you're in that seat, but the, as long as you don't know, he'll continually speak to you as if you're not in that seat until you recognize that you are seated in that place. Then he will begin to treat you like he treated Jesus in which when they ran up on him, they bowed down. We know who you are. You are the son of God. He knows where you are. He knows the seat you're in. He knows it. He's banking on the fact that you don't know who you are. 
He wants your, your heart to be in every place but the father's household. He has no problem with you being religious. He got no problem with you clapping your hands, stomping your feet, running around the church. He ain't got no problem with you praying in tongues. He don't have any problem with that. He has a problem with how you think. Whatever you do, don't think you a daughter. Whatever you do, don't think you a son. Don't think you no king. How you a queen? Show me, tell me. He don't care. That's why the Bible says you are transformed by the re- speaking in tongues. What? Oh, renewing your mind. So you're not transformed by praying in tongues? Oh. You're transformed by singing songs. Every time you sing a song, you transformed. You're being transformed. Did y'all know that? Y'all didn't know that? Me neither. I didn't know that. I mean, he doesn't want your mind renewed. He don't even care if you preach to. Because preaching is not for your mind. Preaching is for your heart. That's why I, I haven't preached one message since we started this church. Because the body of Christ is not smart enough to be preached to. Preaching is for the heart. Teaching is for the mind. You have to build the heart, the mind, so when you preach, the heart will understand. If not, what you do is you preach to the heart. The heart feels emotional and people come to the altars. They cry, but they get up and they still ignorant to who they are. That's why the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to beat into your head. Who is your father? You don't need to hear nothing else. You know, Jesus Christ is Lord. You heard that your whole life. You know the Holy Spirit. You know that. But Jesus didn't come to, to, to reveal the Holy Spirit to us. He didn't come to reveal himself to us. He came with one agenda. Get these people back into this relationship. That's the only agenda he came with. He didn't come with an agenda of, of putting pastors in positions so that they can speak eloquently and, and pack places. That was not the agenda. The agenda was you guys come in here. We, we, we teach we preach, we love you. This is the spirit of adoption. Your mind needs to be renewed. We're, we haven't even been open a year and a half. Now, the last two series I've taught was sonship and orphan spirit. I didn't teach those, the first messages starting off the church because we needed a foundation laid. So before I told you you were sons, before I told you you were daughters, before I told you that the orphan spirit was there, before I announced any of that to you, the first thing I showed you was how much your father loved you. I went through the scriptures and showed you every scripture in the Bible in which your father, probably didn't show you every scripture, but I showed you five, I gave you five messages. I gave you enough information that you can beat that into your head. You can listen to that over and over. Then we showed you it's only two families. You're either in the family of Adam or you're in the family of Christ. We laid a foundation so that as soon as we start talking about sonship, all the other stuff was already laid. You were already walking on that carpet. So we have to understand the agenda of Jesus. Even in this story, 
In this story, he's unveiling his father's heart. Just like last week when I spoke, when we taught, when I taught last week, I was showing you that you have to read these scriptures as if he's talking to you in his household. He's letting you know that the works of the flesh are this, is this. He's letting you know that your spirit and your flesh are at war. This is a household message. It's just like me telling my children, watch out for this type of person. Watch out for these individuals. You have to hear him speaking to you. So even in this story, Jesus is trying to reveal. So first he revealed, watch this, how the father felt about sheep. Then coins, then a coin. Now watch this. A sheep is considered the dumbest animal in the world. That's why they call us sheep because, because according to how we understand our father's world, we are sheep. We need a shepherd to explain to us his world to guide us and lead us and instruct us in his world. So first he uses a sheep. The second thing he uses is a coin, an inanimate object that has value. It has value to it, but it's an inanimate object. It can't worship him. It can't praise him. It can do nothing for him. But yet and still, when she found the coin, she rejoiced. So in the third one, the one we're about to talk now about now, he decided to use sons. So first he let us know that this is what the father would do for a sheep. This is what he'll do for a coin. What do you think he'll do for you? I guess y'all ready, huh? Verse 11. Like I said, we're about to unveil the father's heart. We're going to get in, we're going to get out. What time is it? All right, 12.54. I'm going to be done. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Verse 11. This is Jesus speaking. He also said, a man had two sons. How many sons did he have? Awesome. Verse 12, the younger said to his father, father, give me the share of the estate I have come into me. So he distributed the assets to them. So one, the younger son asked for it, but he gave it to both of them. Verse 13, not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. Now, he asked for his inheritance. The father gave him his inheritance. But the next thing he did is what triggered his failure in life, his failure in this situation. Now, I know we call him the prodigal. We always say the prodigal son, although he got it right. He went back home, but we still call him the prodigal son. We don't talk about the child to return home. So, he got his inheritance, and the first thing he did with his inheritance is abandon rest. First thing he did was abandon rest. Soon as he got, now this is an immature move, am I right? 
That's why the Bible says that every sheep needs a shepherd. Every, that's why the Bible gives us spiritual fathers. Because the father wants to give you your inheritance, but it's only predicated on you having somebody to help you walk in what he's going to give you. That's why I told you right now, if the father just dropped you, where you are mature wise, if the father just dropped your entire destiny in your hands, you won't show up again. You wouldn't show up again. <laughs> you like God called me, I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, he did tell you you're going to be a millionaire. When you grow into the place where he can give it to you and you still remain. With the inheritance, you're still attached to the vine. You still have to abide in Christ. Attach, detached from the vine, watch what happens. The younger son gathered all his things, traveled into a distant country, and squandered his estate in foolish living. So he was in a father's household, but he still had an orphan mindset. He abandoned rest, the rest of the father. He abandoned living in his household. You know how we were. 16 years old, I just can't wait to get out the house. I just can't wait to get out the house. 17 years old, ooh, I can't wait. Too many rules, too many regulations. They always tell me what to do. I cannot wait to get out the house so I can just do it the way I want to. I just can't wait. 18, come, boom, you move out. 19, you got your own place now. Now you call him back. Daddy? I need some help. I can't even afford toothpaste. <laughs> I need food. You didn't know that the father provided everything for you that you needed in his household because you were too immature to see it. So he wanted his inheritance, but he wanted his inheritance so he can leave rulership. Not understanding that that's where the rest was. So it says that he got the inheritance. Soon as he got inheritance, he gathered all his stuff away and traveled to a distant country. I want to make I'm sure I'm as far away from the instruction as I can be. Then he squanders his, uh, uh, his not money, his estate. Listening to a strange voice. Strange voices lead to strange worship. Is he being led by the spirit? <laughs> what you mean, which one? Right, right. Okay, I got what you're saying. <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> he is being led by a spirit, not the spirit. Verse 14, after he has spent everything, the fruit of his decision, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. The fruit of his wisdom, the fruit of his decisions. That's why the father say, ask me for wisdom. I'll give you that. I won't withhold none of that. He said that because what he wants to give you. Verse 15. Then he went to work 
for one of the citizens of that country. So he abandoned rest. Now he has to go get a job. Because when he abandoned rest, he abandoned his destiny. He went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. So he abandoned rest. Now he's a slave. I'm showing you how it happened. This is Adam all over. Because he didn't want to adhere to the voice of his father's household. Verse 16. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. So he went from being a son in his father's household to being a slave in somebody else's household. He went from having everything to now longing to have something. See, that's why the Bible tells us we're laboring to enter into that rest so we don't long for anything. We're longing because we have not entered into that rest. We're longing because it is more important that we get dollars than we get the relationship. And in the church, we have made those who have money the blessed ones. And that is a lie. A good job don't make you blessed. The Bible says that the, 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 the poor in spirit are the blessed ones. The meek are the blessed ones. If that's the case, then we will have to look at the Forbes list. The Forbes list should tell us all we have to look at Who's the millionaires and who's broke? That would tell us who is blessed. Money does not mean you're blessed. You can go get money and not have peace. I could stay there all day. Verse 17. Here we go. When he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. So it says when he came to his senses, he said, when he came to his senses, so you know me, I'm a teacher. I have to look at what does the word senses mean? It just simply means he remembered who he was. The first thing that came across his mind was my father. What my father has compared to what I have. He said, how many of my father's hired workers (laughs) have more than enough food? Now, mm, mm. when I was studying this, you know what really hit me with this was he said he came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to me? The first thing I thought in my head is one day we're going to come to our senses and we're going to say, how is it that the people of the Old Testament have ate more from the substance of our father and he was their master than we have? 
when we wake up, we're going to see that Abraham, we're going to see that Elijah, we're going to see that as rich as Solomon was, as wise as he was, that you can take every person in the Old Testament and it don't equal one of us. When we come to our senses and we look into the Old Testament, we're going to start, we're going to start to see. That's why when I pray, I don't want the power of Elijah. Why would I want the power of Elijah when God is my father and Christ is my, I, and my inheritance comes with Christ? I'm a joint heir with Christ. All power has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Why do I want Elijah's power? He, he died and didn't even get up. All right. I don't need my territory expanded like J-Bass. My father said the earth is his. All right, y'all, y'all religious. I ain't got time for y'all this morning. I ain't got time for y'all this morning. The scripture says, he says, and here I am dying of hunger. Now, life assessment, life evaluation. Are you dying of hunger? Standard, abundant life. Life assessment, life evaluation. Are you dying of hunger? The standard being the abundant life. Jesus said that he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. If we do not have the abundant life, if we are not participating in that, we have to ask ourselves questions. Are we abiding in our father's household? If I can't see my destiny, have I been abiding in my father's household? Because it's not about, it's not about how long you've been in church. It's about how long you've been in your father's household. You could be in church for 20 years and after 20 years in church, you can get introduced to your father's household. Is your heart in it in your father's household? Because it's not going to matter how much you pray fast, read the word if your heart is not in his household. It has to be your focus. That's why the Bible says that we have to labor to enter into his rest. And so we're just like, we are him. We are the prodigal child. We have to come to our senses. That's what this ministry is all about. We're going to bring the nation some sense. We're bringing everybody back to understanding this is who you are. And we ain't talking about the religious thing of we're going back to Eden. No, we just need to get back to his household. We need to get back to the place where we know him as a father. And it's just not about God. Verse 18. Now, this is him after he came to his senses. He said, I'll get up, go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Verse 19, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, this conversation is tainted. Now he's revealing to you the orphan mindset. Because now that he has made a mistake and he was totally in the wrong. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't think he's worthy to be his father's child. Jesus is revealing the father's heart. This is the spirit of slavery that leads to fear. Verse 20. So he got up 
and went to his father. Now, this is where it gets good to me. Okay, this is where I feel as if Jesus does us justice in this conversation. Because it does us no good to know what he did wrong to get the or to understand his mindset if he does not return home and we see the reaction of the father. Mm. Verse 20. So he got up and went to his what? Father. He didn't go to his mother. He didn't go to his cousins. He didn't go to his aunties, uncles. He didn't go to the priest. He didn't go to the temple. He didn't go to the tabernacle. He went to his father. But while the son is still a long way off, his father saw him. We about to unveil the father's heart. He's unveiling the father's heart. Saw him. This is now watch this. And was filled with compassion. Look at the action. He ran. Who ran? The father ran. The son didn't run. The father didn't sit back like, "Uh uh-huh, hope you learned your lesson. You should have never left my household anyway. That's what you get. You deserve it. You needed to see that without me, you're nothing. That's how God talks. That's the God of the Old Testament. If we was in the Old Testament, the ground would have swallowed them up, right? But that's the thing. In the Old Testament, there was no father. God was not their father. So he ran threw his arms around his neck, hugged him, and kissed him. This is the father's heart. You're in the wrong. You're totally in the wrong. It's not about you being right or wrong. If it was about you being right or wrong, there's no reason to send his son. He sent his son knowing you were wrong. You are 100% wrong. You are 100% a sinner. There was nothing good about you. Until he pours his love into you, his affection into you, until he unveils his heart to you, that's going to still be your same situation. It don't matter that you you read the Bible if you can't hear a father. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you Search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but the scriptures point to me and you won't come to me. He was letting us know two things. One, the scriptures point to a son. The scriptures point to the son. The next thing he was letting you know that whoever holds this mic can point the scriptures where they want to. I can point the scriptures where I want to. It's scriptures in there. You can use the scriptures to build up a pastor to make it seem like you need to obey me. I can use the scripture to show you how you should be blessing me. (laughs) 
You can use the scriptures. I can use the scriptures to be teach you legalistic material to keep this place packed because I'm keeping you scared. You can preach hellfire and brimstone and pack the building. But there's no need to pack in a building if nobody in there has their heart in this household. I would rather four people be in here with their heart in this household that can really hear what I'm teaching than it be packed with legalistic servants who can't hear anything I say. They can't hear the father. They can only hear the Bible. That's the biggest argument about what the Bible says. You've never heard the argument of what the father says. That's the biggest argument. What does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says this. And then we'll take the Old Testament. The Bible says you ain't supposed to be eating fish. You ain't supposed to be eating all. As if that's what the purpose was. God created the whole entire earth so he can, so he can focus on dietary stuff. So now I can't make it to heaven because I eat shrimp. It's foolish because now, because I like pork chops, I, because I love bacon. Say, hey. <laughs> I, you know what? Y'all extremely carnal. Y'all don't get that much reaction out of y'all. Bacon has gotten more applause. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 21. All right. She said the spirit of bacon, Lord. All right, let's go. Let's go. Got to reel him back in. All right. So watch this. The father ran, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. He's unveiling his heart. He's letting him know this is how I feel about you. Jesus tells the story in this manner so you can understand how the father feels about you. Why would he tell this story if the father wouldn't handle it this way? He said, if you know me, you know the father. If you even listen to my story, <laughs> you can hear my father. All you have to do is listen. Verse 21. So the son said to his father, now he gives this spill because, you know, all the way home he's been, I'm going to tell my father, you know, father, I know I sinned against heaven and in your sight. I know I'm not worthy to be your son. He had the whole spill made up in his mind. He could not wait to get to him because he just wanted to be forgiven. But forgiven is a lower level, is a low level when you're talking about love. You don't need to be forgiven. That's why Jesus died on the cross. The death on the cross forgave your sins. So that the Father could do nothing but love you. We're not doing atonements anymore, unless y'all want to. Oh. I, I'm good with the woodwork. I can build you an altar. All right. So the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22. But the father said, but the father told his servants quick. Now, it's important to understand that Jesus is telling this story, right? So in Jesus telling this story, the brother says, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. The next thing that comes out the father's mouth is towards the servant. He didn't even respond to him. 
quick. Bring out the best robe and put it on them. Restoration. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Spirit of adoption. I can't hear you as a servant. I can't even hear you as a servant. The father can't hear you as a servant. So what he has to do is bring you your, your heart back to the household. So the first thing he told his servant was, quick, hurry up. He didn't say, boy, go to your room. Come back with your robe on. Go put your rings on and your sandals on. He told him, right where that boy stand, I want my servant to bring out the robe and you put it on him. You put the rings on his finger. You put the sandals on his feet because I need him to know who he is. In his mind, he just wants to be a servant. In the father's mind, you can't be my servant once because you're my son. So at all times, I need your mind and your heart to be in my household. Yeah, you messed up. He was 100% wrong for what he did. He didn't even bring it up. You gonna, y'all going to hear the father. He didn't even bring it up. Because a father knows when his child's immature. He knew he was immature when he gave him the inheritance. <laughs> and you know what? You need to fall sometimes to understand how the restoration process looks. It's what the spirit of adoption is. You need to be in a church environment, a community where you mess up, come back, and everybody still love you the same. Anybody looking at you different because we messing up right in here. <laughs> we just show up. <laughs> it's not about good, bad, right or wrong. If it was, then there would be no reason for him to send his son. The Bible says while you were yet in sin, he sent his son. He sent his son to die knowing that you know it's a possibility that the only person might respond is Ola. Everybody else didn't make it. Or he sent the, his son with an opportunity that, watch this, that his son could sin and he never get him back. He lose his son and the whole human race. It's a possibility. That's why we made it a big deal that he was without sin. Because he could have sin. That's why the Bible said that he was tempted of every sin just as we are. Mm. This is how Abba responds to us. Y'all don't want to read 23. I don't even know if I want to read this. It just don't make religious sense. It don't make religious sense. Verse 23. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let's celebrate with a feast. So he did all of this and he celebrated them. He didn't just get the robes, the rings and the sandals. He said, kill the best thing we have in the kingdom so we can throw this boy a party. 
said barbecue. But then he gives us a reason for celebrating him. He says, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. Now, he didn't die physically. How was he dead? The relationship. Because he wasn't in a relationship, he didn't get the substance that comes with the relationship. So long as he was detached from his father's household, he was eaten with the pigs. He was dead. When Adam ate, he died. He was now detached from his father and everything that he could get. So now he has to work from the ground. That was the curse. He's given us the recreation of how this thing happened all over again. A son left the household. This is what it means to be cursed. You are cursed when you are not eating from the father's household, when you're not eating from his table. When you're not adhering to his word, when you're not in his presence, you should feel love 24 hours a day. He said, my son was dead, detached from my household. Now he's exchanging time for money. My son is alive. He's back in my household. And now when he's in my household, my servants are catering to him. He says, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. So meaning that he didn't have a sense of direction. He wasn't even being led by the spirit. Now he's found because now he's where? Back in his father's household. Is this making sense? Verse 25. Let's get on the other brother now. Now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants questioning what these things meant. The servant tells him, verse 27, your brother is here, he told him. And your father has slaughtered a fattened calf because, because he has him back safe and sound. He gives him the reason why. This is why the party is going on, because your brother has come in back into the household. So your father has decided to celebrate that. Religious folks going to hate this. The folks that's against one saved, always saved, who won't, as soon as you make a mistake, the father never accepts you back in his house. They want, how would we want to lose salvation? That just tells you the level of legalism in us is when we think we live so good that we would never make a mistake. So we think once you make a mistake, that the father should not let you back in his house. Forget one saved, always saved. You know what saved means? In the family. So when you say there's no one saved, always saved, you're really saying that once you get into this family, you can get kicked out. Which means the whole word is trash because all through this word, he's telling me to be patient with you. 
He's telling us to be patient with one another. He's telling us to love one another. He's telling us if one of y'all are caught in any type of sin, if one of y'all falls short, quickly restore them. How? Dr. Hardy. I got her last night. She got mad at me. She got mad at me. Jumped in the bed. I jumped into laughing, laughing at her, messing with her because she was mad. So that's the time mess with your wife. All right, no, she's messing with me. So she's like, no, no, go on. I said, but that's just one out of seven times 77. <laughs> seven times 77 in a day. That's, a, that's, that's the level for the humans. Now, now, that would be, now I say that foolishly bringing you to a mindset that the father would match that. Would he not exceed it? Now, the number is so great, Rynell, because he know we don't understand his world. So it's impossible for us to walk through this world and get everything right according to his world because sin is behavior that is not acceptable in his household. But we're just moving into his household. So we have no idea what all the sins look like. We have no idea what the sins look like. Because sins are, it's not inanimate thing. It's not physical things. It's not what you do with your, with your actions. It's all about your mind and your heart and your soul. What is your appetite for? That's the sin. It, the sin is just letting you know that this is not how your father would do this thing. Mm. Verse 28. Still talking about the brother. Says, then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So what happened next? What happened next? His father came out to him. Now, is it kind of strange on both of these situations? The father came to the child. Neither one of these situations in which both of them were wrong, was you didn't see the father sit back and say, I'm going to wait for them to come to me. The Bible says if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. All the boy had to do was start walking home. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. Why? Because he got an orphan spirit. Why? Because he don't believe in one saved always. <laughs> How do I know that? Verse 29. But he replied to his father, look, I have been slaving for many years for you. Orphan spirit. I've been serving you all my life, Lord. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to go there. 
And I have never disobeyed your orders. Well, obviously, that's not the qualifications to have a party thrown for you. I'm going to stay there for a second. Let that resonate. You need to eat that. Because he thought he was righteous. He thought he was righteous because he'd been slaving for years. I want to know why the boy was even in the field. He said, I've been slaving for you for many years. I'm the oldest. So I guess because he thought he was the oldest, he thought that the younger was going to follow him. He was probably mad because he wasn't religious like him. It's obvious that he thought that, watch this, I have been slaving many years for you. I have never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me. But according to the scriptures, if we look back at the beginning of the story, the Bible said that he gave both of them their inheritance. So he has his inheritance, but he's still working in the field. When his brother come back home, he's jealous that his brother's getting a party. Although you have your inheritance, you've been in the household, but the problem is you can be in a place, but your heart's not there. We're not just doing church here. We're not exercising. Get up, raise your hands, clap your hands to the Lord. Sit down. All right, everybody get a Lord a hand praise. Stand up, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, let's just tell God how great he is. Sit down. (laughs) You in shape, (laughs) but you don't know how to think. This is where he was. I've been slaying. I've been lifting my hands. I've been crying to you, Lord, in the closet for years. Yeah, you have, but you didn't know I was your father. That's what the problem is because I can only deal with you in truth. And the truth is this covenant that you say that you accepted into, you can't be a slave. I can't even hear you because I can only speak truth. So if you come to me as a slave, I can't talk to you like a son. I need your your mouth. Watch this. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you wherever you want to go. You want to be religious? The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll comfort you. All right, let me stop. Yet you never gave me a go so that I could celebrate with my friends. Verse 30, but when this son of yours came, he ain't even your brother no more. (laughs) Now, Jesus is telling the story. So Jesus is telling you the heart of individuals. (laughs) He's telling you how it works in the church. He's telling you how it works in the father household. He's letting you know what will transpire in your mind. He said, but when this son of yours came, who devoured your assets with prostitutes. He didn't just spend the money. (laughs) But he got a party. 
He got robes and rings and sandals and a party thrown to, for him. Come on. <laughs> this, this ain't religiously right. Jesus is talking about a different God than us. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Because I'm ignorant to spiritual things, I'm going to make mistakes and my father will only see me one way. He says, but when this son comes of yours came, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughtered a fattened calf for him? The orphan comes out. Because in relationship, mistake plus mistake equals love. Our father doesn't know how to be nothing but love. He sent the sacrifice so that he could not be a judge. The sacrifice was so that he can only be your father. It is finished. What does that mean? You can be my child now. You can be his child now. You can talk directly to him. Verse 31. So he said to him, this is the father talking. You are always with me and everything that I have is yours. Now. The older brother was in the wrong too. Because according to the word, he's supposed to restore him quickly. The father is unveiling his heart to both of these sons. So whether you are in the church and you feel like you're doing everything right or you left the family and you need to come back. The father has one heart. He don't have a different heart for the people that come to church. And then his son's out there. His heart is against them. I know we want to make it seem like that. He wants them in the household, but he wants them in the household so he can give them their destiny, so he can give them their purpose, so they can feel the love, so they can grow up. That's why I told you this church is going to literally be the spirit of adoption. It is going to be a place where you can come and and, and learn about your father, that we can move your heart and your mind into his household. Hmm. So, I'm about to close. This is what you need to know. You need to know your father's heart. All right? If you don't know anything else about this Bible, you better know his heart. When the Bible says that he predestined us, this was his heart before the foundation of the world. Before he said, let there be light, his heart was towards bringing you into his household and raising you to be. That's why he gave you eternal life. He wanted your faith to be solidified. He wanted you to know that once you were in the household, that there was no leaving. I'm not going to kick you out. The only way you can leave is if you leave. The only way you can get out of this family is if you walk out. You need to know that. You need to know that Jesus modeled what a true son looks like. He sent us a representative from his household. 
He sent us somebody with his DNA. Somebody that could explain to us how he saw us in every situation. He just wants us back in his household. That's it. The Bible says that we exchanged punishment for peace. The Bible said that was that he bore that on the cross. That's the exchange we got at the cross. We lost punishment and got peace. We lost sickness to get healed. We lost poverty and got wealth. It was a great exchange. He said, I rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and I brought you into my son's kingdom. He didn't say I brought you into the kingdom of the Holy Spirit. He brought you into the kingdom of his son. He didn't bring you to the church. He didn't bring you to a pastor. The only reason you need a pastor is to reveal the father's voice to you. You need a pastor to be raised. You need the whole fivefold ministry to be raised. That's the only reason the fivefold ministry is here is so that you can be raised to the full stature of the maturity which belongs to Christ. He said the fullness of it. The only reason you need a Christ is to have some, the, uh, the fivefold ministry is so somebody can labor with you until Christ is formed in you. So you can conform to the image of his son. That's the only reason why you need to show up here. If there was no, if, if we couldn't conform to his image, there would be no need to show up here. We don't need to show up here to, 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 uh, uh, I don't want to say that. No. We don't need to, we're not showing up here to clap hands and stump feet. That's not what we're showing up here for. We show up here with a, with a spiritual, with an agenda for spiritual education. We show up to church because we want to conform to his image. Because if we don't show up, we can't. That's why every word has to be taught as if you are in his household. You have to read that Bible as if your father is talking to you. (laughs) If you don't, what will end up happening is you'll become religious. You will quote scripture, but you will never see it accurately. That's the only thing he's been telling me. Get their heart in his household. Get their heart in the household. Get their heart in my household. Return their heart to my household. The the scripture says that if your heart is not returned to his household, and if his heart is not returned to you, he's going to smite this land with a curse. Amen. Now, I know everybody in here pretty much. We're closing. I told y'all I'm going to be quick today. I'm going to be very quick today. 138. Good time. Now, ain't it strange that in this parable that Jesus gave, everything that he lost, he waited on it, he anticipated, he searched for it. Ain't that kind of strange? In his entire parable, not one time did Jesus say, you know what? Your father don't want you. Where we get that from? Not one time did he say that he was going to ban. Only time somebody got banished from his kingdom was Satan. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. 
So when it came to Satan, he saw him fall like lightning. But when it came to your father, he saw him patient. All right, we're done for today. Y'all got it?